Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. And this is Vance B. Uh, and this week we have a very special guest to the uh, podcast, my man Dave. What's going on, y'all? <laughs> Dave uh, hosts, he has several podcasts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, another hip-hop podcast he's a friend of, and he has his own po- his boxer podcast, which is titled... Another Fight Podcast. It's all the same right. thing. Yeah. Right, there you go. Um, and for this week's episode, we visited Danny Brown's fourth album, Atrocity Exhibition. Let's talk about the title of the album, Atrocity Exhibition. Mm-hmm. Why'd you name it that? And let's talk about the various interpretations of that meaning, I mean, of that title. I mean, in the Joy Division song, I mean, you know, when you listen to that song, he's talking about how he, like, you know, he feel like he pretty much like a freak show animal or something. You know, like he used to go perform and, you know, his epilepsy would make him have seizures and stuff, so... A lot of people used to get entertained by that, uh-huh. you know? So that's like, you you know, you being entertained by someone's, you know, they, they, they downfalls almost. And, you know, people look at me like I'm some type of, like, crazy drugged out, like, drug addict or something. But it might be true, it might not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But don't don't expect me to, like, don't get entertained by that, you know? But I feel like people are now. Like, to the point where if I was to come out and be like, I'm completely sober, I'm not, you know, people might not even want to listen to my music no more. You know? Yeah. Or, like, just might think it lost something just because, you know, you think it's drugs that trigger it, which it's not. It's interesting um, that we, as a a viewing and listening audience, you know, derive so much pleasure or entertainment from kind of seeing people sometimes at their worst. Um, Yeah, that's an atrocity exhibition. That's an atrocity exhibition. Even with the book. Even with the book, that's what he was, like, pretty much talking about, like. Like, the type of person that get entertained by watching cars crash, you know? <laughs> the many faces like, of death you know? and stuff oh, yeah. like that. But you know what? It's almost um, sometimes you enjoy out of somebody's pain, you know? Sometimes I think about that when... I'm sweating like I'm in a rave. Been in this room for three days. Think I'm hearing voices. Paranoid and think I'm seeing ghosts. I'm sad. Phone keep ringing, but I cut that shit off. Only time I use it when I tell a tell I drop it off. Exhibition released uh, September 27, 2016 uh, on Fool's Gold and Warp's record. Uh, it was 
mostly produced by Paul White, who I have no idea who this guy is. He's from some, some guy from Britain, from uh, British. It was Britain. Illest white boy ever. That's not named Alchemist, bro. Word. Yeah. Word. I gotta get yeah. him then. All right, Paul White. Yeah. Uh, it features Kendrick Lamar, Absol, Earl, Earl the Sweatshirt, Be Real, Kalayla, uh, production from Alchemist, Black Milk, uh, Petite Noir. Um, who else? Any other big names I'm forgetting? Not big names. Evian Price produced the last yeah. year. And yeah. everything else there you probably, go. Everything else is probably. I don't know who the niggas is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to do a little a little synopsis of Jordan about it. Uh, let's fuck it. Let's get into it, man. Uh, let's pick our top three joints, and then we can lead the rest of the banter for the end. Uh, Dave, since you're a guest, you get to go first. All right. It was really hard to pick three. Um, I think my absolute favorite song on here is probably Ain't It Funny. Physical attention from older men makes me feel validated. I'm empty inside. Oh, Uncle Danny. been destroyed the music video is one of the best music videos of all time mm. and i think that that song and that music video perfectly sums up the whole theme of this album yeah. talk about it talk about it so um you know the album is called atrocity exhibition and mm-hmm. danny brown describes this whole concept of like people being enamored with less like fucked up shit and like yeah. laughing at it, enjoying it, consuming it without really understanding or understanding that it's fucked up and not caring. So like the music video, I'm not gonna give it all away. So go watch that joint right after this or whatever, but it's basically like a sitcom. And you know how sitcoms have like live audiences or laugh tracks. So this whole joint, he's in this with this white family and he's like smoking crack and talking about how like, oh, my life is fucked up and no one's here to help me. But like every time he says something like that, there's a laugh track. He started laughing. Ah, yeah. yeah. Or, and it's That's like the, the one Jonah Hill 
That's the one yeah. Jonah Hill did, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like he'll flip to something where he like murdered the whole family, and then people are laughing, and like the little kid in the background is just like, "Yo, you guys are all fucked up. Like this is horrible, and y'all are laughing." And that, mm. that to me, like that song and that video just encompasses the entire like concept of this album. And that's why I love that joint so much. Damn. Damn. That's yeah. a good one. It's, uh, song that was on your list, uh, Vance, how do you yeah. feel about the song? Man, I love that shit, man. He, he was he's so right about it. Not only does it like, it, it encompasses the entire album because like that vibe is just like whether it's a banger or whether it's like uh, uh, just a dark song to get through or even like the more happier songs off the track. There's something that's necessary. There's something wrong with Danny Brown in this one. And like you kind of see that the fact that he was able to get warp uh radio to be a part of this, you can kind of see their aesthetic all throughout the entire album and even in the videos. So when he did make this video, not only did you know that there was something wrong with Danny, like you know that he wasn't happy because he really wasn't this dark since Triple X. And the way that Warp Radio was able to kind of be able to put this video out and make it dark oh my god like it's it, it's, it's a crazy video to watch please watch it but man the song alone is just oh, it just hits so well in the car and like the crazy thing is is like like it's a more electronic kind of hip-hop song not to put it in a box but at the same time like it it, it just merges well when you like playing it with like loud you know speakers and shit oh my god so yeah, yeah. Um, this was one of the, this was one of them in my top three. Like, and it was crazy because like maybe like a couple of days ago, like when I was throwing it in rotation to kind of do a overall listen. This happened to be one of my best, just um, not because of the video alone, but the the song and like also the the, the darkness of the song and whatever synth is being used through this song and throughout the album. It's just. It's so good. And it's a quintessential <laughs> atrocity exhibition song. <laughs> one of my issues with Danny is his voice. That's one of the reasons why I had a hard time like liking him. Um, but this song, it felt manic. The whole song, like your heart is racing. It felt like you have like a panic attack. Like the, like, like a, the scene of a movie, someone like losing that shit. Um, and one thing I like about Danny, though, he does very well. He does a couple times on this album. He does it throughout his career. Is when he just he skips the first hook and goes straight into his first verse, and I really like that. It like it gets like it's like it's like his way of saying forget that stuff. Like just work straight to the point. And his verses like it's it is it's complex how he put this stuff together. But it's like, bro, do you need help when <laughs> he be rapping about stuff? I be worried about him, man. Like. He had a verse, and it was a part of this song, if I'm not mistaken. He was like, um, this is all he's talking about, fentanyl, right? Yeah. Because you, something, 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 you cut a fentanyl, so much coke, something, something, something. I'm going to put the legs while I'm talking about it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I want to make sure like, I quote it correctly. Yeah. But I, I, I love that one part, because the, the manic of the lyrics went well with, like, the heart racing of the beat. And it was like, it felt like a punk song in a way as well, which I think he does really well. So it was... It complimented each other the way he did that. Right. This is his, you know, this is his like rock bottom album. Yep. Like, because yep. I don't know if y'all, I don't know how tuned in y'all were like before this album, but like, yeah. he has some crazy tweets talking about like, yo, like, 
y'all think I do these drugs for fun. I'm trying to escape my life, basically. Yeah. And like, yeah. yo, people just want to hear me talk about partying and shit, like where I'm really, so- like literally like the song he wrote, Ain't yeah. It Funny, is basically like what his mind state was the year before this album came out. Yep. And this is like the amalgamation of all of that into this. It's kind of like, I don't know, we might talk about it later, but this to me, like this album as a whole is like the death of like that Danny Brown. Mm. And like the new Danny Brown with like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what came from like this sort of like death of the previous version. I enjoyed the new one because it didn't sound like this Danny Brown. It didn't sound like the Danny Brown who was crying out for help in a way. Um, and now that you pointed out, I never put two into the gut. I didn't watch the video either. I watched him make another video. Mm-hmm. I watched it a while ago, but I didn't pick up on it because I didn't really understand what he was trying to get when, I first, when it first first came out. But now that I understand, one thing that I did enjoy in the research from Florida, though, was when he said him and Schoolboy was recording the albums together. Mm-hmm. And it was like that Schoolboy album was kind of dark compared mm-hmm. to other Schoolboy albums. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to hear how them two was going. I didn't know he was like at the, the bottom and yeah, Danny like, Brown's because I know he was a wild shit. boy. He was a wild boy for like two thousand and like five years in the industry. He was mm-hmm. he was a wild guy. Yeah. So, and um, I don't know, man. It was a great song. It was it was a. For person who did not like Danny Brown's voice, I enjoyed this song for what he was talking about and the message he was trying to convey to his fans. Like, I'm not a fucking. Um, I'm not. I'm not here for your entertainment. Yeah. And it's it's also crazy too because like this album and this song kind of shows you that he not only is really good at making music when it is dark, when it is grimy, when he's in a downward spiral, but also you could kind of see the zigzag throughout his career. Um, Dave, I like the fact that that I hope I didn't fuck your name. I'm terrible with names. No, you good. (laughs) So Danny, Danny, fuck up, Dave. I don't know, cause I suck at names. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. You good, Jim? Go ahead. Okay, so um, what? So pretty much is like this. Um, I feel like like this this album alone is like a zigzag because like when he made Triple X, he was already in a dark moment. He just overcame his Adderall like addiction. Um, but it it seemed like he was, you know, trying to make a step forward from it. But when triple X got big, um, he kind of just spiraled into it. And then you kind of see over the years that, you know, he, he overcame a hiatus. And then also the fact that he did have those crazy tweets and to see that this album came from it, you already knew that something was already, you know, a little unhinged with Danny, especially the stories that many rappers have had about him. But when this one came out, you was like, dude, you you need you need a therapist like immediately. <laughs> and like it it kind of seems like the next album is going to be like that more upward album because like every here and now and then he gets happy and then he makes this very joyous music because his first album was a little bit more it had a more Jay Dilla kind of feel to it and a more Detroit type of feel to it, you know without like much of the elect, you know, the electric side mm-hmm. and stuff to it. But like, I don't know what's going to happen after, you know, this, the, the album that just came out. Um, I hope that he continue to be happy, but when it comes to like, whether 
he's going to make like the same type of dark style that a lot of people like. I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's kind of difficult to say because Danny like goes up and down. Yeah. Um, he dropped triple X in 2011. Triple X is also 30. And that was when he turned 30, he turns 40 next year. Yeah. So I'm hoping that there's like a 40 album. Yeah. yeah. That would be hard. Um, speaking of the Detroit sound, that actually leads me to my first song um, that I really, really enjoy. And it's going to be pretty obvious what it is. Tell me what I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> obvious because it's not him and his manic yelling voice. Um, and it's literally Danny just rapping. Um, again, he's coming with the no first hook, no gap. It's like soon the song come on, I'm starting rapping. Um, he was storytelling. It's like him rapping about just hustling in Detroit. So it's like again, right? Like the vivid storytelling he always gives us. Um, I, I like that he's is not party Danny at all. It's like clearly like me telling the story, me being stuck in Detroit. Um, it stuck out to me for one, he wasn't yelling at Ken, like I said it already. But also, uh, it samples um, it samples some some song that I know. I'll know by the time we get to it. Uh, oh, too short. Blow the whistle. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really like this song. And if I were to find a person who was not a Danny Brown fan, because the same reason that I really wasn't a big fan was because of his voice and his image who he thought he was, I would play this song, and it'll be. I would, I'm going to bash Eminem a couple of times in this album. I don't think Eminem is a good rapper. So I think when people think about Detroit rap, I will play them this song and be like, this is the part of Detroit that you think Danny Brown does not represent. You take him as this party guy and he's partying with hipsters all the time, but he know he does have songs that he rap about being in Detroit and shit that he was experienced while growing up in Detroit. That's why I fuck with this one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones on there, too. Um, just, like, the way he came in on that joint, Street Smart, PhD, dropped out of school for a singing, singing degree. Now and on me, keep the devils off me, because we was living in the hell, couldn't afford property. Like, yeah, like, that's, like, yeah. people don't, I think people don't really understand because of, like, when they came into, like, knowing Danny Brown that he can rap his ass off. Like, if you look at him before Triple X, even... I think he wraps his ass off on most of his albums anyway, but, like, if you talk about, like, that hip-hop fan kind of shit, like, all of his shit before Triple X, that's, like, where he's, like, like crazy bars go. Mm. And I that this is, like, a callback to, like, that. Um, you're, you, like, lean heavily on, like, his storytelling. It kind of reminded me of the interview that I gave you where um, Tim Hotep was calling him, like, an urban griot. Mm. Like, this is, like, the Urban Griot song of this album, like, completely. Yeah, I love this one, man. He, uh, the second verse was kind of funny. I like, because Danny's one of the funniest rappers. Um, mm -hmm. Just the way the stuff he puts together, it comes off really funny. Um, he was, like, the, 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 the very last... We were so ambitious. All we really wanted was New Jordan and some bitches. Flashing bankrolls in the club, taking pictures. Thinking we was grown men, really loved niggas. Jumping dope fiends, that's owing us with credit. Taking turns, catching sales, things copacetic. Slice your tomato with your oars for the lettuce. Running through the sack of D, sort of like Jerome Bettis. Naive to the outcome. Hook hit the block, hit the stash, and they found some. Block us all up for a bag of some pistols. Now we in the county writing letters, I miss you. Tell me what I don't know. Look, Ray came through, kicking down the front door. Now we face a judge, got us sitting up the court, gave us all probation. Now we smoke. Miss you. And I was like, yo, that's really 
one thing about Danny said one of his interviews, he was like, a lot of these rappers, they talk about the drug part, but they don't talk about the hangover, or they talk about the guns, but they don't talk about the jail. And I like that when Danny is going through shit, he talks about, like, I'm fucked up. I'm having fun, but this is the fucked up part that goes with it. Um, and even a song like this, he laid it. The first part of the verse was, we were so ambitious. And the last part of the verse is, now we in jail writing letters that we miss you. So in that one verse, he was able to, like, to say so many different things about where his, you know, street ambitions got him. I think that was dope. Did you like the like song, Van, so you wasn't feeling it? No, no, I love this song. Like, I like this song, too. I, I, I had it written down that this song had, like, 80s vibes. But, like, throughout mm. the entire album, especially this song, um, it gave off White Boy Rick vibes. Like, I imagine this song was, like, like a montage of, like, the year, the earlier years of Danny Brown when he was, like, still selling crack and shit. And, like, the different things that he was going on um, in Detroit while he was still living that life. And it really gave off, like, which is funny, too, because he, Danny Brown was in White Boy Rick. But, like, when I was just listening to this song, I loved the way that the synths were being used um, in the production. Um, it gave off, like, like sh not Stranger Things vibes. I think that's a little bit cliched. But, like, when you listen, when you, uh, like, look at, like, a more 80s sci-fi kind of horror movie, the way that the synths are using that, it, it seems like he was trying to go for that kind of horrifying appeal, but, you know, kind of tone it down so he can actually explain through his lyrics. Um, and that's actually what I like about this, uh, this, 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 this song. Um, it's not in my top three, but I do give this a lot, um, a lot of respect. And one thing that I, that I got from this song is like A24 vibes, which is why I kind of just thought of the white boy Rick thing. And that happens okay. throughout like this entire album. And some of the other songs that I, uh, that I wrote as mentioned kind of give off this vibe too, especially when I'm driving. Oh my God. Driving at night with this album playing. Oh man. What's uh? What's your what's your first one? <laughs> I gotta say, pneumonia, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Featuring Schoolboy Q. I know he technically he's not really in the song, but his ad libs are used, so I'm still gonna count that Schoolboy Q is in the song. And like you said before, I didn't even know that like Schoolboy and Danny were like making the same albums, but you could kind of see both both um artists were in like kind of a slump, which is crazy, but. Yeah, pneumonia is the shit. The reason why I like pneumonia is obviously because of the the the, the, the beat. Mama found some racks and some dirty change. Oh, Told her keep the money, take them to the clean. Yeah, Three some whites, hottest dick came between. Licked the click and she did the macarena. Crib in the forest, deer in my yard. Oh seven, I got locked up on a job. Now a nigga got four bank cards. Looking like a nigga that I'm thank God. Uh, uh, Go and throw a bag like I'm snatching purses. Uh, Half a key to run inside my fucking purses. Uh, like a surgeon with that scalpel, bring that truck to life. Yeah. Bounce that ass for that pussy, got an appetite. Get stuck, get stuck, pop a pill. Just like Mike and Nike. Head to my straight to the moon. Where I'm at tonight. The way that the beat is like structured to be a banger. But the sample being used, which I'm not quite sure is, I'm probably gonna look uh, look for it while we talk. But the sample that's being used kind of gives it a trippy effect, like a like a like a very very uh, how should I say melodic but still experimental and dark effect. And 
instead of you just hearing a like a banger with like straight up bass, like he kind of adds an odd effect to it that mesmerizes you and make you want to come back, which is crazy. And <laughs> like it for some reason, it really gives off like Dilla vibes because the way that the sample is being structured and the the bass that is being used, like it's completely different from like your typical trap music or your typical, you know, myth is four count. But shit, man, like when that shit goes in the, like when that shit hits in the car, that shit hits in the car. And that's just another song that kind of like proved how Warp was, uh, Warp Radio was such a big influence on this album. And I, I kind of like that. That's why I liked uh, Pneumonia. Not only was like Danny spitting throughout the entire song and he always spitting throughout that bitch. But like, I, I love the way that this was structured to be a banger, but it still had that LCD trippy type of mind feel or that mind feel while you're going throughout this entire album. It feels like it's just a part of the journey that he's trying to um, show you. So that's why pneumonia, that's actually, that's my top one. Cause like even in 2016, I was listening to this shit when I was actually in a dark, in a dark, uh, you know, part of my life. But um, this was something that like kept me going throughout that time, just be, just because of that fucking beat. Oh my god! <laughs> and also, Schoolboy Q's ad libs, and the verse. It's just hard. Uh, how how do you feel, Dave? About the um, it wasn't in my top three, but it was definitely like a really cool song. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of this beat. I think that was my thing. It was a little annoying to me, but like the the line that always makes me laugh is like "put a brick on you and some Rick Owens." Like that that line always makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, that was clever. I like that line. I ain't gonna hold you. I like that line too. Uh, I had the same. I had the same issue. Uh, I'm again. I struggle. I've always struggled with Danny voice. It just for some reason like the high the high pitch. I don't know what it is, but that plus like the the industrial. Metal clanging. Then I saw the video and I saw like somebody losing that damn mind in the street track. Maybe that's what he, maybe that's what he was gone for when he was making the song. Uh, I enjoyed the schoolboy ad libs. A schoolboy verse would have been cool because um, this song only had two verses in it. Um, it was cool, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't man. hate any like, song on this uh, album. I don't hate any song on this album. I think. I don't hate all, any song. They all fit the. They all fit in the like overall theme of the album. So like, if I can understand that, I'm never gonna be like, "Yo, that song's whack." Yeah. Um, I would even it's not, and it's definitely not my least favorite song yeah. on the album either. But it just wasn't in my like top three. I think this is one of my least favorites. I only had like two that I didn't love, but none of it wasn't whack. I just I did, man, something wrong with my ears, man. Danny screaming, <laughs> and then the beat had somebody hitting metal pots in the back, and I was like, "Bro." <laughs> It it reminds me of like it reminds me of a, a very odd version of dip from old. Step back, I keep on smoke. I keep shaking and I can't stay focused. I fuck if you niggas ain't know. I'm sweat, but I'm cow. My fault draw, but I got a running out. I just bought me a water bottle, chug that down, but I thank God I need me some more. And I keep feeling like I'm gon' faint. But fuck that nigga, pass me that drink. I done drunk too much, I'm up the wall. I think that's why I kind of like it. Like it just kind of threw me off, but like when kind of doom, 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 and then when it like switches up, it's it's very weird. It's a very avant-garde type of song, 
and I can understand why people don't really like it as much, but shit, man, like when it when it when it started working in the car, I was like, okay, I I can get with this. Mm. I can see this going like in a in a in a Danny Brown club appearance. I could hear this playing and this people going crazy about it because it sounds like it's probably perfect for the element. Yes. Um D, what's your second one? All right, I'm gonna try to. I'm trying to pick joints that I like. That I don't think that y'all are gonna pick. Um, but I think we're all. I think we're all gonna like this one. Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think. I think if like musically, I think that's my favorite song on the album by far. Just release me. But I like that got money. Nope, I'm just making rich. Even if she fucked me. Still no life a bitch Bought a nightmare, so dream Happiness went upstream Blame myself, had no control Now I'm living with no soul I'm on a road that never ends Don't know I've been said or said Some people say I think too much I don't think they think enough Time rougher, they got rougher Way heavier up on my show Living quick until it's over Can't be straight, can't be so Dark rock, so immature Can't make it up about the soap Fell out like this, no how Blazed out my mind flow I love her, she love me That's kind of like this is similar to like how we were talking about um what's the joint we was just we was just talking about it. Um the one you named Ahmad. Oh, tell, tell me, me what I don't um know. tell me what I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like similar to that in the sense of like the storytelling of it, but like this is where he really talks about his struggles in like a easily accessible way. Mm. You know, like he was talking about uh, bought a nightmare, sold a dream, happiness went upstream, blame myself, I had no control, now I'm living with no soul. I'm on a roll that never ends, don't know the opposite of sin. Some people think I think too much. I don't think they think enough. Like that, that like two, that line right there was like my favorite line in the whole album. But like that, this song to me just makes it, it expresses everything that he is like feeling about the atrocity exhibition that he's like sort of like put on for everybody and like how that really has impacted him. And I also like one thing that he does on a lot of his albums, he just picks these like unknown singers. And like, I don't know, he just makes it like, it was like, why have I never heard this guy before? Yeah. 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 And then like the dude who sang Petit Noir who sung on has also yeah. made the beat too. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. He said they met on Twitter. He said one time. Every day, I was up four in the morning, and I checked my DMs, and I had a DM from Petit Noir, and he was just like, you know, he was a, you know, he liked my music, and, you know, and, you know, if check his music out. Pretty much that's what it was. Hmm. You know, people send you stuff like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was like, whatever. I checked it out. It was four in the morning. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> but then, because I was really going back to bed. And then I checked it out, and then I was like, oh, and I couldn't, I wasn't even sleepy no more. I watched the video like five times, and I just kept watching it. Then I hit him back like, yo, I don't know what we can do. You try to do something, I guess, I don't know. Then he sent the beat, and he's like, you like this beat? I mean, he sent the, I was like, this beat's tight. Then I was like, all right, let's get it. 
and then he sent the hook. Then I wrote the verse, sent it back. Then he wrote a bridge and tinkered the beat. Then I wrote another verse. Then he, you know what I'm saying? So wow. So wait, did he produce that like song? That. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think that's all. That's him playing uh, instruments, really. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, now, I'm on the bass. I know that. That bass is that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, that's him. You know, that's, that's his style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got the you know the minimal drums. It was it just fit me. So I mean, you know, because it was like it was like. How Twitter used to be. It's certainly got no more. Um, I don't know. It was a couple points that he that he said in the album that was like, bro, this is crazy. And he was like, um, in the second part of the verse, second verse, no, the first verse. Is that the first verse? <laughs> yeah, end of the first verse. He was like, riding around with the windows up, smoking like it's 10 of us, just me in the backseat. Bro, that's some stress right there. Mm-hmm. That's how you know the man is going through something. Mm-hmm. Smoking for 10. Um, I think this is like a the, a perfect song. I think this is one of those songs that will last a long time mm-hmm. because if you're a person that's been through some shit, going through some shit, uh, this is the kind of song where you hear it and you're like, fuck it, this this motherfucker was in the same situation as I am. I was, or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, man. And I, I like that Danny is able to be vulnerable in his music, which is very hard to do. Um, and especially in rap, we're not known for being like vulnerable in rap music and stuff like that. So he's able to be, um, to go into detail about his trials and tribulations. Now that I know this was his rock bottom album, it says a lot more. Um, yeah, man. Uh, his, 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 I hate to say I glorify all his pain, but him just talking about this shit, maybe it was like the thing he needed to get out of the system so he can grow. Because this, this was the song where I was like, bro, he, he's, because Dan World Spiral was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. That was crazy. Was. And then he went right into this, and I was like, bro, this man has gone through it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. I, I love this song. I love the bass line of this song. Mm-hmm. And I also love the way that um, Petit Noir adds like a cloudy vibe to it. Um, I think like <laughs> the fact that it that it's titled Rolling Stone also is like kind of like a little nudge to like the, you know, of course the rock band, but then also um, just the rock vibe that it's trying to give off and also the rock vibe Danny has had, but with a more little electronic twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like the fact that like Petit Noir as with his vocals as that other layer to um to his pain. Um, as dark and vivid as this song is, um, shoot, it's it's a production. It is definitely a production piece. Now, funny thing about Petit Noir. Um, when I worked at Urban Outfitters, this was like 2015, he actually had vinyls for sale. And shit, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of fucked up that I slept on it, cause cause goddamn his voice is immac- is immaculate. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> his voice is immaculate, and the fact that he makes beats, I I'm I'm kind of kind of stuck that I slept on him. But like, yeah, shouts out to you, man. Like, I should have bought your vinyl. It's probably expensive now. Like, I, I can't get it back from you, bro. So, I just find it crazy that the hook, like he had already wrote the hook. Yeah. So it was and like it was perfect, and it fit everything that he needed to do for the album. That shit was perfect. Um, yeah, man, this is one of those songs, man, that I think when you know, ten years from now, when you see the best of Danny and Essentials and shit like this, this is gonna be one of the ones because it's, it's one of those songs that's gonna touch people forever. Um, yeah, uh, it's time for my second one, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I'm just going to surprise y'all. I talked about his voice a lot. But uh, Loss. Mm. I love Loss. Um, again, once again, Danny, no pre-hook, no nothing. The verse was gone for like the beat was gone for like maybe five seconds straight out the gate. Um, and this is, this is not like one of those deep, dark songs. He has some elements of it, but it's really Danny just giving you bars. And I love Danny has Danny's so underrated for his references that no one gives him credit for. Maybe because he's an older guy, he's able to be like very like strategic. The first verse for both of the, the intro for both verses is so clever. It's not the first one of I'm like Kubrick with two bricks. I'm talking about Stanley Kubrick, the director. The second verse, he comes out of nowhere and says, I'm Spielberg with ill words of holes on the curb. I thought that was just very clever to come into both verses with a director um and rhyme it up like that um he's not again he's not doing nothing crazy i love the sample it made me feel like i listened to a a, a rizza a wu-tang beat um I, I love that it was a little jazzy um i saw the sample it was just crazy how he flipped the joint over um and it's really just him rapping it's funny elements in it it's vivid and the, the way he's able to be vivid the end to set the the last part of uh the first verse he's talking about like being in a hotel room with a girl doing crazy stuff but he's able to vivid you you can speak a picture in his head danny brown in a hotel doing this right here the way he's able to tell his uh his, his, put his words together um and i think that's really dope and i enjoy songs like this where rappers are able to say yes i'm going through all of this stuff but i'm also can make a great song about me just putting these crazy words together and just wrap my ass off mm. facts i love the song facts yeah, if we had did five, this would have been in my five. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, that, that like, <laughs> I'm Kubrick with two bricks and hoes on the ship. Always, like, just the, even, like, to open the song with that is just so crazy. To open the song, <laughs> yo. Like, no hook, no nothing. Just like, no. You just right on in. But, yeah, and, like, I don't know. It's weird because I feel like the, like, a normal person probably would hate this beat, but I love that beat. That beat is crazy. I love it. I love it. I thought it was made by RZA. I had to go back and look and see. Like, yo, is this a RZA set? Did they sample what RZA used for, I can't think of the song, I'm thinking of a Wu-Tang song, but did he use a RZA sample? I'm like cool brick with two bricks and hoes on the strip. Off a two-piece and two-pick, I flick and I preach. About how I get this money, y'all here up in the streets. And the caddy rhyme nicely on between in the sheets. And the way your nigga work, make a grip in a week. I'ma chill with this freak, sniff a gram and a half. Plus a pussy juicy, y'all can shout him on curl back. Why she drawing me up and I throw the blood in pain. Jiggle the giggle, the booty can do nothing but lay. Credit cards separate and white lines on the me. Wrote a hundred dollar bill, now my sign is so clean. Black screen pouring out, watch your ass like a kill. Nothing on but my pinky ring sniff when I get on the balcony drunk like the wrong is mine. Strike a red inside with my robot tied. So fuck when round, nigga, I'm about to get. Dog, I'm trying to eat, so I'm staying in the kitchen. Hunched over the stove, got they, this is like, I was like, bro, this is wild. It was perfectly done. Um, and I, I love it. And I, I love how Danny's able just to be Danny. Mm-hmm. I, I love this song. Not going to lie. Same in my top, th- uh, top three or five. But I do, I do like the fact that he kind of uses like, like, I don't know. Like, I think Danny Brown a horror fan or some shit. I mean, of course, because, you know, ain't it funny how it happened video. But I like the fact that he kind of uses a, a horror aesthetic in like his earlier projects 
you even saw it with Triple X, like not not only just the cover, but just like the way that he kind of like talks about what he's going through and then paint those pictures. But instead of just putting them out there, the the the, the tone that he has as well as the production that he mm-hmm. has is very dark. And like I thought Lost was like like one of those songs, even though it was much it was much like a like a more like uh, uh, I don't want to say it be about flow. That would suck. <laughs> it was it was a vibe that I wasn't very akin to. However, I did respect it, but it wasn't it wasn't on my top five. I'm not gonna lie. Man, that's cool. It made my head nod. I was like, okay, all right, yeah. but that's cool. It is what it is. I, I, I rock with it. Of course. Um, uh, dance over to you. Pick your uh, second one. Really though, like really though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Cliche as fuck, but hey, that was the first song that introduced me to this album. I stumbled okay. across this song uh, through Two Dope Boys. Uh, kind of tells you how old I am. <laughs> but like, first of all, I mean, when you when you just stumble across this song, it's Danny Brown, it's Kendrick Lamar, it's Earl Sweatshirt. You already know that it's going to be bars all day. But I felt like when they were making this song, not only was, oh, and, all, and Ab Soul as well. And also, this is around the time when Absol, like, people were, like, a little iffy about Absol because he dropped, uh, what is it, These Days, like, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then at that same yeah. year, he dropped um, his other project. But I'm not quite sure if that was released before this album or after. But this was also a weird time for Absol, and he was able to hold himself on a song that had Kendrick Lamar, Danny Brown, and Earl Sweatshirt. You had all top-tier lyrical artist and you were still able to kind of hold your ground and also mention the album which is a a habit with with tde they happen to mention like each of their projects within their virtues which is pretty cool um or or different affiliates and friends but i i just like really though because it just felt like they were in like like they were in the studio and they they were actually having fun and they, they just came in and just crucified the beat like like for real and I also love the, the 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 trippy type of production that's being used in the background. Like that shit was hard. Mm-hmm. That like it's very cliche because that was one of the samples on the I mean uh, singles on the album that first came out before the videos were being made. But like you can't even man, you can't even front like <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt's like like lyric on <laughs> cutting this joint off because they didn't argue enough. Like Ma mentioned it before before we actually listened to it. But when I heard Earl Sweatshirt say it, and it just gave me this real ODB type of vibe, I was like, oh, this is this is cold. <laughs> All these niggas are cold. Well, the last line on that joint, where he was like, I'm at your house, why? I'm at your house, like, why you got your couch in my chucks? <laughs> <laughs> just disrespectful. It is just so good. I, I, Man, man, that's one song that I could always go back to. And I also included that on my comeback playlist. So, yeah, really, though, is definitely in my top three. Definitely. I, I liked it. I didn't. I put, it was if we did five, it would have been in my five, because mm. um, I like posse cuts, um, yeah. and uh, I like the story behind it. Danny Brown told the story about how they put it together, um, and actually, um, I was happy to see Ab Soul because I became a Danny. I I listened to old off the strength of Danny Brown's verse on terrorist threats when it came out with Ab Soul. Mm. I didn't listen. To, I didn't listen to XX. I didn't listen to Thirty or whatever it is. I didn't listen to it because the, between the videos and the cover, I said that shit ain't for me. <laughs> but when I heard his verse on terrorist threats, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. He, yeah. he can rap. He can rap. 
So I was happy to see the the four, the, the, the two of them back together. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think Danny Brown is one of those guys who's like a TDE affiliate, but because he's always around them, so he he always like embraces that that role. Um, like Ali mixed the whole album. Like he did versus a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. They worked together and absolutely and it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see guys like that work together. Um, I'm happy that uh Kendrick did not body him on his record and Danny Brown held his own and he did not yeah. go back and change his verse with a lot of soft rappers do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Danny Brown said he made his record, he made his verse and he ain't changed it after Kendrick and he just wanted to have that feel of a posse rap. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm happy Earl this is before, this is when Earl came back and wasn't like dropping weird rap and shit no more, right? This is before the <laughs> after. Remember. This is well after that. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. after. So I'm happy, I'm happy Earl was rapping again like he can rap. Yeah. Um, I know he don't like doing stuff like this. He, he said in the result, he stopped doing the, the crazy rap because it wasn't, shut up, nigga. I want to hear you rap about how you broke up with your girl because you don't argue with nothing. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, that shit is funny. Um, but no, I think you got to have that balance of just having fun and rapping. Uh, I like Absol's verse. I like the beat. Um, it was a different side of them because the last time we heard them rapping was on one train, and I, that shit was awful. It was it was too long for me, man. I I, I kind of with ASAP Rocky. They had Yellow Wolf on. I had no goddamn <laughs> Yellow Wolf. What the fuck out of here? What the hell was ASAP a Yellow Wolf beef? A Yellow hey, Wolf. Danny Brown bodied his verse on that joint though. He did. He did. He did. It, My favorite two was Crit and Danny. Yeah, Crit Crit that shit too. What was it's crazy? Why, why like was, a New York like, I'm a I'm a Crit fan, but why was he on that song? That didn't make sense. It was just like, yo, he probably, it, felt, it felt like he like hit up as many people as he can, and whoever responded, he put on the song. Uh, I feel like he went to two dope boys and see who had the, what artists had the most clicks, and he just picked right? whoever was at that time. Yep. Yellow Wolf, Crit. No, was Action Bronson. On Action Bronson, yeah, Bronson was in there. Was I was gonna say Kendrick, that. Uh, Danny. And uh, I'm not missing like five more other niggas. Oh, what the fuck? He got hit for the song <laughs> called One Train with nobody from New York. <laughs> no bullshit. The only person from New York. I think, yeah, Action Bronson. That's yeah, it. Crit don't even ride a train. No, Joey, yeah, Joey was on there. Joey was on there. Joey was on there. You're right. Joey yeah, was on Joey was on there. I remember the like Joey verse on there. But I no, like, I'm... I... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, like, I like posse cuts. I miss the feeling they bring in hip hop. I kind of feel like they don't do them as much as they used to. I know Big Sean had one on his last album without Danny, which is weird. Uh, that blew the shit out of me. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't think they merged together. Like, I just, Big Sean and Danny Brown, those are two different types. I mean, now maybe? Yo, he had a Detroit song with all these Detroit rappers. He had Dave Chappelle tell a story about Danny Brown, but not put Danny Brown on that's... a song about Detroit? Yeah, anyway. nah, that's fucked up. I, I enjoy Posse Cuts, and I was happy they did this, and I was happy to hear this on the album. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it hard. plays well. Yeah. Beat is hard. The verses are hard. Like, I just, that little twilight, like, it's just, oh, man. I like, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very cliche, and it, it's funny when we were talking about, like, One Train, because I think One Train was just something for the blogs, to be honest, because you had all of these... <laughs> Clickbaitish names on there, you big crit, Action Bronson, Joy Badass, a ton of people from the two Dope Boys era or the quote unquote Dat Piff era all hopping on this one song to kind of push out this this artist that at one point was thought to be like the next gen, you know, the next wave of it. But you know, of course, you know, as time moved on, we kind of moved on as well. But like 
I think that was more of like a blog song. And I think really though was also that song too. Like something that could get put out on two dope boys or a blog because they got all of these big names on it. And it's just a hard ass posse cut that people can just listen to and be like, yo, this was hard. Who do you think had the best type of type of verse? I think it was that kind of song, but like I would say this is a good version of that compared to some other ones that I've heard in the past. So I can't really knock it. At least they didn't put big credit in it for for no random reason. <laughs> like it, it it matched the aesthetic of the entire album as well. It still had like that weird, darkish kind of vibe. And the cover is hard as fuck too. And also is another sign of that warp aesthetic. So yeah, yeah. really that was my shit. Shout out to Black Milk. He made the beat. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that. Shit. I wish we had I, I wish they had more black milk on it, but I know they made an album together. I wish they did uh What's up? I really yeah, enjoy it. I like black milk. Funny thing too. Uh, um, um, there's a deep side note. There's a DJ named DJ Skinny's that's uh that did a project with uh black milk and it's never been released. That nigga got some hard shit. I think I got it, but I'm if I can find it because he sent me like this file. I'm gonna send it to both of y'all. See what y'all think. But is it note. the real black milk or some nigga will say they black milk? It's not no, it's black milk, black milk. He took oh, a photo right, of that. No, <laughs> I'm with it. All right, I want to hear it. I can All right, Dave. Uh, Vance went, Dave is your third one? Yeah, I have two. And I'm just going to hope that I'm going to pick one and one of y'all pick the other one. All right, all right. Um, this is hard. Uh, I'm going to go with Winnie Rain. Tracks, man, hit it from the back. These ass hot, bitch, slap me back. Bruce, every day we run that train. Put that thing in her cup, boats. Only way you hang is wet, I know. Be wet, I say, ain't no tropes. Y'all niggas like, y'all ain't like that. Hang up with the double off, ain't your dots. For that money, ain't that we trust. I fuck people for greed and luck. When you put the trust, when guns gon' bust. Loving every day like it's the end. Just waking up, feeling like a sin. Gotta keep an eye on all your friends. Cause everybody hungry and no streets. Nigga, rub your grandma for something I ate. No, it's fucked up. That's how I beat. Growing up, living every day in a day. And it don't seem like shit. Okay, no time to win the city of bone. Don't run the time, we a bird on the road. So that coach, just we cut sound. Here we go, now here we go. Ain't no one, how far we gon' grow. Ain't no change, then how we gon' change. No umbrella, we stuck in the rain. Dark lines hanging all over our head. No shine shine and no shine be lit. Lighting up squares and them dots be red. I just like, it's so hype. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like the, the opposite side of the downward spiral coin. Mm. Like the downward spiral one is like the, I'm in my head in this deep, dark depression. This is like the the night before that. Like this mm. is the, the party before the crash, mm. so so to speak. But like the beat is, the beat is insane. And like, it's just, it's so hype. And he, he's just like rapping his ass off, but like has these crazy like references that really make you realize that, yo, this dude is old as hell. <laughs> like the second verse where he was like, "Yo, it's time for the percolator." Like, yeah, like but like, yeah, but like, no, I love that song. Like, there was, I think that was the first single, if I'm not mistaken. And the, the video, oh yeah, the video, the, the video is like the exact same thing. It's just like yeah. flashing lights all over the place. Yeah, like, but no, like yeah. the song is hard. The song is hard as hell. Yeah. Song is amazing, yo, and uh, his voice does does on. Influxes that I influxes that I do not like, 
but I feel like it rolled, it went perfectly with like, like a guitar rip or whatever that, like that, that didn't, like yeah, this, it was perfectly, he was perfectly over there. Um, and he, like, it complimented each other very well. And it's weird dancing to Danny Brown, but I'm sure people probably dance to this shit. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, his lyrics is like, bro, I'm worried about you, but it the, the it sounds amazing. Um, I thought it was crazy too. It's from like some TV show. Yeah, really? I was looking. I was looking at it. He they they have the most um, uh, abnormal samples in this. Yeah, album. That's, that's that's Paul White. Enjoy it. Yeah. Also, I enjoy it. The, also, I I sorry to interrupt, fellas. No, you um, good, Joe. Okay, you know, just try to be polite, you know what I'm saying? We got a little guest on here, you know, the fuck you talking about. I respect the fuck out of that, you know what I'm saying? You know, out here. But um the homie. Yeah, I yeah, you definitely are the homie. I do hope you come back, like for real, so we can have more of these conversations. Um but one thing that I remember from like this song was the 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 the, the electric feel for it and the production. And it's crazy because, like, I was watching um, Hip Hop Evolution one night on Netflix. This was, like, at the start of the whole pandemic and shit. And, like, I didn't know much about the Detroit scene, you know, outside of a few songs here and there. Um, there was one song that Snoop Dogg kind of uh, talked about on GGN with Big, Big Sean. Real West Coast type of vibe. But when I was watching Hip Hop Evolution, they were talking about how, like, like in the 80s, maybe in the early 90s. And even to this day, Detroit not only had a, a very budding hip-hop scene, but they also had a very budding electronic scene. Mm-hmm. And not only would you be, you know, you would see, you know, white people really fucking with the electronic shit, but you also saw people of color. And one of the major factors of Detroit hip-hop in, their, in the past was them including those electronic vibes because they already knew people were going to go for that, you know, especially with people going to different raves around the city, they would try to merge those vibes into their sound. And what I like about Danny Brown is that he take those roots from Detroit and brings them to a modern type of pill. And um, this song was one of the things that made me really realize that, of course, the album has that kind of vibe, especially with the producer behind it. Um, but this song was kind of the thing that kind of encompassed that that old school Detroit, you know, electronic vibe that a lot of people didn't really necessarily know about. So that was that was one of the, this one was very dope. And I also like the fact that they had like the different dances in the video and the and, yeah. and the, like like once again the warped aesthetic, the way that they kind of present the entire album and the um the videos. This, yeah, this, you chose a really good one. <laughs> Just to sort of piggyback off of that, I think people don't understand, don't know that like black people invented house music, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and that right. started in the like Chicago and Detroit. That's where house music was born from. And also, Danny Brown's father is a house DJ, or was a house right. DJ. I didn't know that. So that's like, that's right. like, yeah, I forgot what. There's another. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. It's like an older Danny Brown interview where he talks about like how his dad's like music collection sort of inspired his like journey through music. And like how that he approaches music. So much. Like he yeah. talks about how he doesn't like long songs because he used to listen to a lot of rock music and those joints would be like two minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds. So he's like, mm-hmm. if I don't make rap music, all, all my songs are going to be like less than three minutes. And like that, but like that just so sort of like to piggyback off of the fact that like that's where 
his music mind is coming from that sort of like electronic house music, which is why him and Paul White connect so well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This this the the timing, the the the, the production, the people behind this album, it all came I mean, of course it was at a dark time in his life, of course, as we can see, but it was also at a perfect time because I felt like this was a gem that like was hugely slept on. Um mainly because it was a little bit darker compared to what else was coming out that year. So, Mm -hmm. um, but this song was kind of something that you could play in the clubs if you knew how to DJ it correctly. Um, And I do, I'm I'm thinking about actually throwing this in the club maybe a couple of times. I don't know how it's going to go, but you know, if it's on the right BPM, we can see. We'll see. (laughs) Um, Is it my turn? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, from the ground. Hmm. Eight balls with a safety pin. I deserve the finer things. Told myself back then when I used to ride a swing. Now I'm on a tour bus going places I ain't never been. Put my rounds down on the paper bag. That was way back. Having dreams of a Cadillac. Dog, I had to bounce back. Lock the nigga up. Why they do me like that? Now I'm on a jack and a county asking mommy for some money. Swear to God, she'd do anything for me. Now we out the hood in the nightmare. It's us going back. So I won't go to sleep till I finish that. Cousin F that anyway. Now I see better days. Miss a minute, second hour. Living on borrowed time. Can't think about tomorrow. Cause it's about today. And the million wanna take my place. Let's get it. No hook. I think the thing you just said about Danny Brown and he's sparring by rock music and stuff like that mm. kind of explains why he skips out on the hook because rock music does not always start with a hook. Yeah. A lot of times those songs go straight to the to the verse. Um, yeah, man, I, I love this song for several reasons. Danny is talking about the paranoia that comes with being successful, like getting like getting from growing up in Detroit and being stuck and shit like that to now I'm successful. Like the second part of the verse, he kind of references uh, Nas a little bit. So he's like, now we got the hood and the nightmares. The nightmare is us going back. So I won't sleep till I finish that. Cousin of death anyway. Now I see a better day. And I ain't trying to miss a second. I miss a minute, second hour. Living on borrowed time. Can't think about tomorrow because it's about today. Um, I don't know. They, they kind of like, encapsulated a lot of stuff that he was going through in the album but also like bro like uh i went through all of this shit and now that i'm here and i can't let my the paranoia that comes with being successful and getting out where you're coming from kind of what like can it talks about like a psd getting out the hood shit like that that he talks about often like that 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 theme of getting like this shit gonna fuck me up and i'm gonna be stuck um because even the second where he's talking about like sacrificing your dreams and you know what is it going to take and you know, missing sleep and losing his mind. I think it's cool that he did that little one little Nas reference. He talks a lot about how Nas one of his favorite rappers a lot in a lot of different interviews. Um, I don't know, man. I really like this song. Yeah, I like the hook. I think Kalela brings a different element that you don't really hear in the whole album, like a, a soulful hook. It's yeah. not really like throughout the album, so it brings up a different level of it. Um, I think, man, this is the, again, if I was to play, make a playlist of, playlist of songs that are outside of the most people, most public uh perception of danny brown i'll put a song like this on there 
Um, I, I love I love uh, whatever sample is. They did this shit perfectly, um, and it's kind of like dark, but it still feels like like it's, it's a level of hope in it because the whole song is about you know I'm trapped in my own mind and like this this the paranoia of it. So I, I really enjoy this song. Mm. That's facts. Um, I, I definitely like this song too. I also uh, Kalila is one of my crushes, um, and she don't know this. But um, I do like the fact that she she does come in. I did think that this was SZA the first time I heard it, but then I looked at the track list and I was like, oh no, I disrespected my crush. I'm sorry. But um, the thing I like about um, this song, I do like the message that he is talking about trying to be able to, you know, you're at, you you built this up from the ground, and you're you're trying to deal with the issues of fame while also kind of just just looking back at what you have accomplished, even though you're still going through this rut. Um, and also I like the fact that once again, the electronic side of this song, it matches up not only with Danny Brown, but also Kalila. Um, Kalila has had like a good history with more electronic music, but still providing like a nineties type of vibe with her sound. So when she did show up for this, even though it was very brief, she added a really good addition, um, not only to the song, but the entire album, because like you said before, um, like most of this album is dark and this song is, is dark, but it offers that side of hope that you not only hope for Danny Brown, but um, shit, hope for like many of the fans that like can relate to his work uh, and that's just, I'm, I'm saying that off of experience outside of Danny Brown's concert, but that's not the point. The song was very good. Um, not in the top three, but very good. And very, 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 uh, very mesmerizing. Yeah. Very mesmerizing. Yeah, I pretty much agree with most of these things that y'all said. Um, it's not in my top three either, but like, I really liked how he ended his second verse where he was like staring at the ceiling, thinking about how far I came was trapped in the storm, but I made it out the rain. And it's kind of like, it it does give that sort of like beacon of hope and like this sort of like atrocity exhibition, you know? It's like, yeah. there is like, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that when they make dark albums. It's like they make albums, they make dark albums in the midst of their darkness. They don't make dark albums after they have beat it. So it's like, it's very much like a one-sided experience. So it's just like depressing. But like, this is like start to finish is like, you know, there are glimmers of hope throughout the entire album, not just on this song. And, but I think that this is like the most like hopeful song on the album. Mm. Yeah. Um, this, it was tough for me to pick this. So I really wanted to pick Hell For It. I think also Hell For It mm-hmm. also had some hopeful elements in it as well. Um, and I, I fell on this one because I think just the Kalela, she's the only singer, if I'm not mistaken, on this album. And I, I think they kind of like, and then he also used like a mellow tone. And so he wasn't like in this manic state. So maybe he was like in a calm state. I, think, I guess I thought he was trying to like um, give that to listen. I'm, I'm not in a manic state. I'm like, I'm on weed and I'm on pills. I'm not on Adderall. Yeah. I'm on the down, like I'm relaxed, and I'm giving you my like a cerebral thought. I'm not giving you like it, even though even though verses weren't like twisted wordplay. Uh, I'm gonna do this. I got the Shalimar curl in my bag. It wasn't like that. It was like um, storytelling, 
uh, after situations, I'm coming through this, I'm working through this. Um, and I, I thought that was very like, like you said, hopeful. And a lot of people don't put that hope in that dark music. So yeah. I appreciate it. But help between this and Hell For It was really mm-hmm. tough. I think Hell For It was really good. Yeah, Hell For It's in my top five. Yes, I love Hell For It. Um, all right, Vance, you get to put the, 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 the topping on it. Y'all might not like this one, but I do. Uh, it is uh, Dance in the Water. Motherfucking tribal beat. Oh my first of all, first of all, it, it this song is very simple. It's simple as fuck. I gotta I gotta be very clear because it's this nigga saying, just shake it, just shake it, and take your mother nine to make it like on some old school hip hop shit. But that fucking chant, oh my god, hi y'all, like that shit hard, bro. And then it get like like Paul White, bro. Like fucking shouts to that nigga. Oh my god, I mean he's a white guy, but shouts to him, cause goddamn. Oh my god, the way that he he used the chance for this shit and then the 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 bass for it is different. It's not like a trap song or a, a it's technically like an electronic song, but he it definitely gave me um damn, who's that producer that worked with uh Anderson Pot for no uh no worries. Knowledge. Oh my god. Oh, knowledge. Yes. It gave yeah. me knowledge vibes but much darker and a more sense of a of a of a old school Jimi Hendrix kind of vibe, like and I love that shit. Now Danny ain't saying shit about that. <laughs> he ain't saying shit across this entire song. It's more of like a party song that you can kind of just throw in, you know, when everybody's kind of getting there and getting situated, and it's like, oh, what's this? But man, I man, them chants, them chants always calling me. Them chants be calling me, and that's that's what I like about this song. It's very. It's very simple, but those chants kind of bring me back to it, and that's why, like, that's that's one of the songs that I come back to, come back to. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, I would probably have to say "Dance on the Water." That's my, it's one of my gems off of it. <laughs> hmm. it uh, it's not in my top five, but it, it's one of those songs that where I had to like admit to myself that I liked it. Hmm. Cause it was like, yeah, it's 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 just like a it's on. I don't know. I don't know if I would call it a feel good song. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a good break from like all those. It's just like, all right, it's my. It's like kind of mindless. It's kind of like, there's no real theme to it. It's just kind of like, yo, just let loose for two minutes, and then we get yeah. back to back to reality. Yeah. Yeah. Punk rock that's what kind. Of, yeah, as I say, it felt punk rock. It felt like an '80s mm-hmm. punk rock song. Um. I'm surprised he didn't do a video of him like mimicking an 80s rock video or like a band or some shit because it would have been really cool. Um, cause that's what the, that's, the, that's the vibe. Like, I felt like this was, like, I thought the sample was an 80s rock song, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. When I saw it was an African chant or some shit like that, and I was like, oh, that's impressive how they flipped that. 
Um, I know why you like it. There's no one how you like your music. I understand. I like it too. Um, it wasn't in my top just because um, it just wasn't, but it's a, it's a good song. And um, I'm happy that Danny Brown can make party music for Danny Brown fans. Yeah. I thought this shit was about drugs, to be totally honest with you at first. I said, what the fuck does he mean dancing in the water? <laughs> That's a drug reference. You know, you can't go to Jane because Jane used to be a bunch of white nerds just making oh, up yeah, shit just in the comments. Shit. I don't pay that shit no mind. So. He used to be black. <laughs> I don't know what it is, bro. I saw one one time and uh, dude was talking about a burner phone and he had a picture of a flip phone. He was like, burner phones are often the, the phones used by drug dealers. I'm like, yo, you motherfuckers know what burner phone is. You shouldn't be listening to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I do fuck. I do fuck with one of the people there, though. So it, you know, uh, we're, we're shout out to them. But I'm just saying, they need to get them white boys out the damn ch- the chats, putting oh, yeah, in black jumps. people, uh, putting on that, that's blackface. Yeah, <laughs> 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 them niggas going in there breaking down rap lyrics right here. Oh um, gosh, I think we all covered. Uh, we covered nine songs. That's pretty impressive. Um. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up with how we feel about how the album. What, what, what was the overall impact? What do you feel like it? How how did it further Danny Brown's legacy? Uh, just either one of y'all. Y- y- y'all the big Danny fans, so I, I have a, a I can observe a report. Yeah, let me just go first. Oh, all right, cool. Um, I think very highly of this album. I think to me personally, it's one of the best like albums ever but not even just like rap music i think it's like one of the best albums ever but like in the hip-hop context it's one of the best rap albums ever to me because i feel like from like the beginnings of rap music rap has always been an atrocity exhibition Mm. and like i feel like it's never really been expressed like that until like this album like the darkness of like drug addiction the darkness of fame um just sort of like sort of like the detachment of like reality like what am i who am i like i've always been like this regular person but now i'm not and like i don't know how to handle it and i think like even you strip all of like the crazy drugs and everything away i feel like everybody has felt like this album at some point like if you're if you live your life in any way you kind of felt some sort of feeling that this album gives you and i just feel like Aside from that, he pushed so many boundaries with the production, but still made it, it's still a rap album. It feels like a hip hop album, despite like the electronic stuff. And, you know, you look back at all of like, it was so highly acclaimed by everybody, except the, um, like the, the white Grammys and shit like that. But like <laughs> everybody, like everybody thought like this album was incredible. Yeah. Um, it was, my favorite Danny Brown album until this latest one. Mm. Um, yeah. But I also feel like you don't get, you know what I'm saying, without Atrocity Exhibition. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I feel, I have a certain tie to this album because I was in a dark area in my life. And when, like, I actually want to get Danny Brown's triple, like the pill from Triple X tattooed on me when I turned 30 because, like, like, one reason why I liked Danny Brown so much is at the time, like I, I turned 20 when he turned 30. And like when this album came out, I was once again in a fucked up state. But like he's always been able to overcome this and still produce really good content. And that always kept me pushing to 
whatever I'm going through, of course, you know, I'm I, I'm going to be a little bit more private with that shit. I ain't going to put it in an album. <laughs> I can't even make music, so. <laughs> but, like, like, even if you're in a bad state, you do what you can and still push them. And if that means you making music of your pain, just keep doing it. And he's done it twice. He's done it twice. Because, like, like, not only, like, Atrocity Exhibition alone was just a dark album for him. And, for him. and this was at a time when he was already uh, successful. He already had a name for his stuff. He was already getting... Uh, he was already getting like different features and stuff like that. Now more, it may have been for more niche type of vibe, but he was still getting features, whether it was from ASAP Rocky or it was from House Shoes. So he was, he was in a better state in his life, but he was, there was still something that he, he, he couldn't fix. And he kind of produced it through this album. And for many people like me at this time, when it came out, it, it, it was dark. It, it kind of brought a different mindset about you, but in some way it was still medicine because you felt like you was going through it with him. And by the end, you're stronger from it. And um, I do want to listen to uh, his latest album. I, I didn't give it a chance because like shit has been flooded, but like I do want to give his latest album a chance because like I do want to, you know, hear Danny happy again. Cause like even with old, he was technically happy because he was successful but he wasn't really happy. I want to see how he's grown from that that side of Danny. And um, I do believe that like the uh, the video for Funny How It Happened, it kind of kills off the old Danny Brown. I think mm -hmm. that's it for him. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not a zigzag effect like Triple X, then old, and then Atrocity Exhibition. I hope that he continues to be more positive and continue to be successful to a point where actually the, the main, well, not really the mainstream audience because I really don't give a fuck about them, but like people understand how important he is to the rap game in the 2010s and beyond. So. Man, when I saw that nigga had his teeth fixed, I knew the new album was going to be hard. Oh, no. <laughs> Serious, man. I saw your Denny got his teeth fixed. All right, I got to listen to this new album. Um... <laughs> It's really dope for Andy. For, for Danny has always had good reviews on his projects, which is uh, something a lot of rappers, especially coming from that blog era, didn't really get to experience. Maybe because Danny's older and he knew who he was in his music. Like, think about when ASAP first came out and then ASAP, the second album, and Nickus was like, bro, this nigga lost it. And then, uh, <laughs> Uh, fucking Schoolboy most recent album didn't really land well, but I feel like Danny has always been able to test out new sounds, push like the limits of like what we consider hip hop, and like make us question the things we can talk about and how we talk about it. Um, one of the issues I've always had with Danny was I always get leery when a bunch of young white boys like in music, uh, especially like a little annoying white kids, and I'm like, bro, it's something got to be wrong. And then I realized it. That is actually probably one of the things that led to the Atrocity Exhibition album because he probably like, sit back one day and be like, God damn, look at all these white kids dancing to my pain. Yeah. So I wonder if that influenced him to want to do that. Um, I think it's a great album. Um, and I really want to, it, it made me question what I thought about Danny Brown's music. Um, you know, old had Schoolboy on it, had ASAP on it, it had 
uh, people that I listen to frequently. I think Abdul was on that too. Freddie so Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs on it on um, the Return. I love. I like that song. I ain't gonna hold it. Uh, that's when I was really rocking with Gibbs. I rock with Gibbs heavy now too. But uh, mm. but yeah, um, I don't know. It didn't hit the same as this one. Maybe because I'm older now. Mm. Um, and I love how Danny. Danny's age has really allowed him to do a lot of cool things. And this is my thing. I want to get to like the impact of Danny Brown and this album, right? I think I was thinking about this to make sure I word that shit rightly, right? Danny Brown, for, for forever, hip-hop was known as a young man's sport. The internet did change it, but there weren't many examples of it in like black hip-hop. Like you had like Action Bronson. And a lot of them niggas, you'd be like, eh, he's still a white guy. Um, <laughs> so... But Danny was what? He's 40, 35, but he was 30 years old, torn with 20 year olds and stuff like that. But he was still putting out quality music. He was able to maintain a level of success in hip hop. It was very hard for a 30 year old rapper to come out at any point in time in music at that level, right? Um, unless you already had a career established and shit like that. But to be a new artist at 30 was very difficult. And I think now we look at the we look at the landscape of hip hop. The internet has allowed us to accept the Griseldas, the Rock Marcianas, and even accept the old guys who become old. And now we can say we still A Z about to drop soon. Nas just dropped. Jay Z drop every year. A lot of these niggas is getting old. And I think I'm not giving all the credit to Danny Brown, but what I'm gonna say is. He changed the landscape for older guys in hip hop, especially as new artists, because it was very hard for 30 year olds to be new in hip hop to like a large group of people, especially when you think about like going to a label and them saying, motherfucker, you 30, these kids don't want to listen to you. I can imagine that shit now. Like go get some 20 year old nigga who can relate to them. So I think one thing that we, I don't know how the exact praise would be, but I feel like when we start talking about how now hip hop is accepting older guys to find their lane in music, I feel like Danny was one of those first guys. Yeah, I think he he definitely was like the beacon of that for like the underground. I think when you look at like the Griseldas and stuff like that, because it's also funny on Westside Guns first album, Danny Brown's on that album too. But um, hey. but like um he made it cool for like the older like underground niggas to get on. I think like Two Chains and Juicy J probably had it more for like the mainstream. Oh yeah. But like I'll but also they was say, out though. Yeah, they, they was. was. Out. Yeah, they was but out. they rebranded heavy. Sure. <laughs> but I would also say like Danny Brown's like entire aesthetic probably inspired a bunch of like these young dudes like Uzi and Cardi. Like that's the way that they look. Like Danny yeah. Brown was like the forefather of that shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't really know that, but like, yeah. And I also think that another thing with him is like he. I wouldn't necessarily say that he was like that cloud rap genre, but he was like the. I don't know for some reason I feel like he was like the forefather of that. Like, let me was like with like a little beat too, but like, I feel like his aesthetic and his approach to rap music, like using like non traditional rap beats. And like getting guys like Clams Casino and Paul White mm-hmm. involved with music, I feel like that sort of like paved the way for like that like cloud rap era that we had. Too. I was watching a cloud rap TV uh, YouTube one time, and them niggas did not mention Danny or Little B in it. It's the one that's on uh, 
noisy and they had like the dudes from uh the bay oh, they don't even rap no more they was on uh asap rocky mixtape main attractions uh, main attractions. they had rob banks on there oh that was they the had, that was the red bull one that was hashtags because that was the one we watched so. all the time yeah, yeah 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 i remember we watched it and i'm like bro how did not gonna have main attractions my yeah. niggas though I fuck with them heavy. they still make music no nah. <laughs> i don't think so at least i don't think they do they probably so yeah. Or if they do, it's like, yeah, oh, they got a mixtape out. Okay, all right. But I do agree with what you're saying. Like, we should like, include Danny Brown as like the forefathers of cloud rap. Like, even when you look back at like, like even if you take um, Atrocity Exhibition away and you just look at Danny like Triple X, Triple X alone, like songs like I Will completely brings that cloudy vibe to mm-hmm. life. And I feel like like we should be able to give him the respect that we give ASAP Rocky. That some people give Space Ghost Perp and Raider Clan. That like that a lot of these other cats in that early era kind of helped create. Um, I do believe that he was also part of it. Also, uh, you're absolutely right about a lot of white people dancing to his his pain. And they also, I literally saw firsthand how how they see him. And how that affects their actions. Um, and I hope this ain't a long story. Uh, I was covering the Danny Brown concert at um, a, a place in DC. I'm not gonna say what, but um, Rock and I, Roll Hotel. No, then where was that? <laughs> no, it's a legendary one actually, and it's in um, DC. Because um, I saw him when he was there. Me and Tony went for real. Yeah, he knew OG. He knew Tony, uh, OG Dutchmaster, and he's about him backstage and shit like that. Damn man, damn we we yeah, we gotta bring them on the show as well, dog. Like that, yo, that would be cool. Hey, listen real quick, real short. He tweeted at him a few like, and Danny Brown was the first rapper to like big up mm-hmm. OG Dutchmaster. He him and Lord Dev. He I said Lord Dev and OG Dutchmaster next one up, and then like that's how he got on Two Dope Boy. That's how he. That's got how on I, that's how I got hip to him. That's also how we met, but that's a story for another yeah, podcast. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Danny Brown was the first one to give him. And then him and Danny would DM all the time, try to get Danny on a song, but he could never figure out shit like that. I remember that because y'all used to talk about yeah. that, John. Shit, yeah. he was the first one. But pretty much, I saw white. Uh, I saw a whole bunch of white people like do codeine, like literally in front of me, and then like security pulled up on. They were right in front of Danny too, like Danny, yeah. But like. I could see if you see that consistently every concert because like like either you love or hate Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying? And also like he he's very he's very weird. So like if you continuously see that all the time and you're a person of color and you are already experiencing some type of pain and you see that shit, like of course that's gonna put you in a dark, a dark aspect. And to to see this album be created through that process, even though he was happy at one point, that 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 <laughs> That drop had that drop was real, and it it it, it came, it kind of came out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't really see him around, unless you were actually tapped in. So yeah, uh, I guess we can wrap it up. Um, I'm really happy we did this. Uh, yeah. this this reinvent this this is reignited some Danny Brown uh, unconscious I guess listening that I need to do. Um, and remove some of the things I thought about him. Because um, I, I really enjoyed the most recent album. Once I heard it done by Q-Tip, I wanted to go back and listen to it. But I just didn't go back and listen to none of his old stuff. Now I'm going to go back and listen to it. I'm going to start the hybrid, work my way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, actually start with Black and Brown. 
Black and well, black, well, well, uh, black milk. Oh, yeah. you going back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like black. Listen, I like black milk, so I'm gonna listen to it. I, I like album of the year he put out a few years ago. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm gonna do the little wrap up shit. Thanks for logging on. Thanks for subscribing, listening, all that other good shit. Dave, you got anything to plug? Uh, not really. Um, another hip hop podcast. Uh, we're on a bit of a hiatus, but we about to be back soon. Um, other than that, nah, nah, man, I'm chilling. Just ain't you no know good fights coming up. Uh, honestly, bro, I just finished recording the fight one right before this, so I'm tapped out. Oh, I feel <laughs> Vance, anything you want to plug? Uh, shit, Vance, uh, twitch.tv slash Vance B. I'm going to be mixing yeah. up soon. Um, also, uh, shit, man, follow my. I'm going to keep telling people to follow you. And bro, so I they fucking can... hate social media, bro. I hate having to be on there for this shit. All of that. There was a way bro, to it's... it without me having to pick up my phone. I would. You but... can't lie. That joke was fun at one point, but it's stressful now. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to chill. Uh, thanks for listening, subscribing, all that good stuff. Peace.